There was so much Indigo Girls. Like, I cannot stress to you <laughs> the amount of Indigo Girls. Okay. All right. I love it. I'm Anne McNamee Keels. And I'm Stephanie Shavera. And this is Lapsed, a podcast about growing up Catholic. And today we are talking about Kairos. We are, which you don't know anything about, Stephanie. No, that's why I feel like I shouldn't even get to say the word, but here we are. You said it. I said it. It means God's time. We'll get way into it. God's time? God's time. I had no idea. It's what we were told. <laughs> I like it. It sounds good. I like the word personally. It's like Kronos. I say Kronos. Yeah. Okay. It's like Kronos. It's like the opposite of Kronos. It's like Mm. God's time versus like man's time or something. Deep. Before we get into all of that. Yes. Do we want to do some Catholicism with the news? I don't really have much. I've got a couple things for you. Please. Okay. So the first one I find amusing. Vatican City is its own country, right? Mm -hmm. So... They have to have their own postal system. And okay. that means they have to make their own stamps. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I just like did not. It was like things I'm like, now that I'm saying they're not left, I can see the logic. I never thought about that. So yesterday, the news from Vatican City is that a commemorative stamp created for World Youth Day 2023, but they had to pull it because it was oh. controversial. <gasps> okay. I know. I'm listening. I wonder if I just show you what it looks like but it probably okay so it's like a blue background there's is it the pope with many children leading children it's like he's kind of like a shepherd with a staff and then the children are behind him and one of them is waving a flag right okay it's like a diverse group of children they are very diverse waving the i think that's the vatican flag don't know my flags very well i don't either i'd fail a flag test but i'm gonna assume one little girl is a beach ball so they're off to have some fun at the beach, maybe. Fun. Mm-hmm. Pope is not dressed for the beach. No. It's weird. Yeah, there's one kid who's looks like he's ready to go hiking. They're going lots of places. There's a lot of things going on. And they are very diverse. So you wouldn't know this was controversial unless no. you knew your Portuguese history. <laughs> I don't, admittedly. Apparently, they were run by a dictator in the middle 20th century. And there was a monument made, the Monument of the Discoveries in Lisbon, and it was built during Portugal's conservative dictatorship reign. And that's basically exactly what the statue looks like. Oh. So I'll just show you the the picture of the statue. Oh, yes, it does. Because it's, it's like, like it's blue background. I mean, that's the sky, but it's like people, it's like an angle and there's like a person in front and like people. Yeah, it very much is echoing that. Yeah. And the architecture of this building that they're happened to be on. It's totally echoing that. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, it's, oh, it happens to look like this. So we have to pull it because Portu- the Portuguese diocese were like, um, what are you trying to say? Oh, no. And they're like, oh, what a weird coincidence. But it's like exact. It feels intentional. It's weird that that would be a coincidence. That's a very weird coincidence. If there's a link with the two side by side, we'll post them because. Yeah. Or I can make you it all or something. Can see. It's not a coincidence. Anyway, they're pulling it because of the controversy around it. Well, good. And speaking of other 
things that people are trying to step back due to controversy. Have you heard about the Dodgers? The Los Angeles Dodgers? It was the drag nuns that they disinvited. Yeah, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Who, hey, sisters, if anyone's listening, if anyone listens, listening who knows any of the sisters, I've reached out. I want to talk to them so badly. I've reached out, but I feel like there's different chapters. I'm sure it's huge. And it's not like I've reached out to every chapter. So if you are a sister or know a sister of Perpetual Indulgence, please connect us. Yeah. Tell them to DM us. I've certainly been in their DMs. So for those who don't know, the Los Angeles Dodgers had this like, what's it like a day they were honoring like people in the community who are doing good work. They had this big day. They're going to honor them. They were bringing in to give them an award. It was on pride night. And then lo and behold, Marco Rubio, among others, got very upset about it. Poor baby. I know feelings. The sisters of perpetual indulgence are an activist group who do a lot of work for disenfranchised people, primarily of the LGBTQIA plus community. They did a lot of work. I think they were founded in the HIV Mm, era when people weren't offering services and, or ministering to those in need. Mm -hmm. And the, the reason they're called sisters of perpetual indulgence is they do dress up in Catholic regalia it's like um, non-drag. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's even more than that. It's it's almost like Brechtian. <laughs> I don't know if my non-theater <laughs> listeners will, because like the way the makeup is, it's all very over the, it is drag, but it's. Yeah. Hopefully some performance studies scholar somewhere is writing about them because right. there's like so much to unpack. There's so much like interesting analysis you could do about the way they perform. And I think. Right. Like marrying kind of components of drag and like the Catholic Church and nuns, it's per it's perfect. It's yeah. perfect. So I don't know if I I feel like I lost my train of thought, but yeah. So the Dodgers have disinvited them, right? Because Marco Rubio and other people complained even for their Pride event, right? For their Pride event, they said that dressing up like in Catholic stuff is offensive to Catholics. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> there's just like so many layers to why that's wrong (laughs) in my opinion but like I mean one of them is that it's like not understanding what camp is Mm -hmm. everyone should take a course in camp it's an art movement it is an expression it's over the top it's meant to poke fun a bit but it's also an exaggeration of Something that they find interesting about the Catholic Church. Yeah. And the Catholic Church is campy to begin with. Completely. Which is why we love our friend, the Grady Peasant. He did like a whole reading on camp in one of his yes Instagram videos. It's like a mini performance studies course if you are following him on Instagram. Also, I find it fascinating that people are like so upset about the people who are doing good work while dressed in nun mm. habits. And not seemingly as upset about people who are uh, being oppressive or sexually abusing people while dressed in Catholic regalia. That is a great point. Like, were these people concerned when all these graves of indigenous children were found who were kidnapped and placed under the care of nuns and priests? I'm sure they were upset about how that made the Catholic Church look. I'm sure. I don't know uh, about the rest of it. Yes. No, that's so, so true. 
Uh, yeah. I mean, we're in an interesting era, to say the least. But on Pride Night, just... Right. I mean, come on. Listen, sisters, we're not the Dodgers, but we want to have you. Please. Yeah, we're not the Dodgers. <laughs> I mean, uh, listen, the one thing I'm nerdy about when it comes to baseball is I'm super into the 1940s era Jackie Robinson, Pee Wee Reese, Brooklyn Dodgers. Um, like, I love reading about them. I had no idea. Love. I love how much I'm still learning about you, Steph. I've known <laughs> you for years, and we still get these little nuggets. There's a book called The Boys of Summer that I think is one of the best nonfiction mm. books ever written about them. And so I'm just mad at them for having moved to L.A. to begin with. <laughs> this is a longstanding beef, then. Steph got <laughs> <Go> way back. <laughs> Didn't take much, but this no. is actually offensive. So this, is, this is it. I'm done with them. I wipe my hands with the doctors. Oh, man. I will say I like. I don't – I'm not a sports person, but I do – the only, like, sports – event I will actually go to is a other than my children's games which I do as a mother mm-hmm. is a White Sox game because oh. you know it states my like south sidiness and like mm-hmm. you know I have to hate the Cubs and my you parents met at a Sox game Aww. I owe them my existence uh and also like I enjoy the vibe of a baseball game and the snacks and everything so but good. I feel like aesthetically like the uniforms for baseball, they just feel the most classic, like right. out of all the sports. I, maybe soccer, is the, but but like the U.S. isn't into soccer. No, like- when there's like a baseball player that still wears like the socks up to the knee, I'm like, yes, you're doing it right. Yes, I want those aesthetics. I want it to harken mm-hmm. back. I want to feel the history of the game. I want all of that. I'm just I there for it. the aesthetics fully. The green field and the old timey uniform. Mm-hmm. Anytime. I love it. Uh yeah, but Dodgers, I already wasn't like a fan or anything, but now we're just extra salty. We're done. So here we are. Yeah, I just love that Marco Rubio is like I'm upset about what's happening in a baseball game in California. Yeah, like ugh. go do something else with your time, dude. He wrote to MLB. I think was one. I think the league itself pressure to the Dodgers but I don't know listen if I need to boycott baseball I will because I don't like it that much just like me with the NFL I'm like I just I I guess they're done (laughs) don't make me boycott you know like something I love but sports I'm fine with it right uh yeah once a theater starts uh going anti-drag then we're out then then we're in trouble (laughs) we're in trouble all around yeah yeah okay that's all the big news I got Good. I had no news this week. It wasn't a really active. Or maybe I just wasn't reading the news. I'm not sure. Maybe. All right. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about Kairos. And I feel like given the Googling I did, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, I just need to put a disclosure that like what we're about to do is it seems I imagine to some people um, a little bit controversial because Mm. a big Kairos is like Fight Club. Like the first rule is you don't talk about it, Um, specifically to people who might go on Kairos. I was curious in the internet age, because obviously when I went on Kairos, the internet was like not what it is now. Uh, And I was very curious, like, don't kids just know what to expect? Because a big part of it is you don't know what to expect when you go on the retreat. So the whole conversation we're about to have I'm going to give away what ex- what I experienced on the retreat and I I don't know wh- what is the same now and I don't I don't even remember all the parts cuz it was a really long time ago. Uh but, you know, I don't know. I'm giving away some secrets. And even when I googled it, there seems to be like it's surprising how 
it is still kind of hidden on the internet. I mean, I think if you go on Reddit and stuff, you see people talking about it, but like, I was just trying to look for like the curriculum for, for teachers doing it. And like, you can't really find it. Oh, it is well hidden. Wow. Yeah. So I found that fascinating. Because, like, how they're not in charge of the internet, or maybe they are. Maybe it's the cabal. I don't know. Maybe Ooh, there's a cabal in charge. Illuminati. It's, it could be. And when you Google Kairos, like Kairos retreat, and the, the first thing that comes up is Kairos retreat brainwashing and <laughs> questions about whether it's a cult. So, huh. Steph, you did not go on Kairos, right? We had a, s- never called it Kairos. There okay. was a senior retreat. There was a senior retreat. Okay. And what I remember about it, I remember the food, which is like camp food. And, and it was I, like off site. It was at like a retreat facility uh, or something. Yes. Yeah. We went to yeah. some, I think, place that does summer camps. Okay. Yeah. We only went for one night. It was like a weekend. Okay. I think, I think we just went for a day, a night, and left in the morning, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, that was it. And I do remember somebody... <laughs> rewriting or redoing more than words as a performance skit thing it was like a christian (laughs) catholic more than words more than words i feel like there is this thing like kairos is the moment where the catholic church becomes a little bit more like the evangelicals in terms of like they're like skits bible camp teen Mm -hmm. type stuff of like right we're gonna we're gonna speak to the youth right we're gonna we're gonna get real and yeah so that that there were no uh song rewrites but that's it I remember that and I remember like we had to write a letter to ourselves in the future and we were supposed to like put it somewhere that we could look back on and I don't know if I ever that's not that exciting they should have mailed it to you like a couple years later that would have been much better that would have been very cool my school did not have that kind of infrastructure (laughs) Well, we didn't do that, but I've been to PDs. I've been to professional development things as a when I was in arts ed where they did that. And, That's very uh, cool. It is cool. Actually, I was at a – and also our, our buddy, Nat, she she did something like that Oh, in the training I took. So anyway, I Nat, I hope I wasn't supposed to not give that away, but it was Ooh, lovely. You have um, a lot of secrets. This is it. This is expose. Get yeah. ready. So I want to hear more about this official Kairos because mine felt very ad hoc. Okay, so I don't know how many people do Kairos, but it is a thing that happens at least at Catholic high schools across the U.S. I've Uh talked to other people who've done Kairos. I remember specifically when I was in grad school, there was another grad student in the theater department, not in my program, but I, I thought she was very, very talented and I thought she was really cool and we hadn't talked that much and um, something came up where we both went to Catholic high school, all girls Catholic high schools, and she went, wait, did you go on Kairos? And I was like, yeah. And we were Uh. both like, it was like this moment of like excitement that we had both done this, this thing, this fight club thing that you don't talk about. (laughs) Uh Okay, so senior year, there was a lot of mystery around Kairos. It was this idea of like, this is a thing you do as a senior. And you're not allowed to know about it. And girls mostly took that seriously. Like, no, I can't tell you about it. And wow. even then, what would happen senior year, some of your friends would go and they'd be like, I can't tell you about it. Like, I can't tell you what specifically happens. You need to go. To you didn't all study. go together? So it's totally voluntary, uh, but you get like assigned, I believe. It's like you get assigned when you're ready to, 
I don't know. I can't remember if it's like you could apply to go and then they don't go that time. It happens kind of throughout Starter. the year. Yeah. Oh. Because it's not the whole class. Because we had 500 for us. We had 500 girls per class. So you could mm-hmm. not take all 500 girls. That would be hard. Got it. So you would like sign up for a weekend. There was like tension with the school that I sensed because they wouldn't let us miss any school. So we'd have to like leave toward the end of the day on Friday. And then we'd get back very late Sunday night. And then it was like we were very encouraged to not miss school on Monday, even though we were completely exhausted when we got back Sunday night. They didn't want you to miss for like Catholic stuff? Nope. You're not supposed to. I know. And I think the boys' school got to miss, and we were not allowed to miss. Of course Because we were always held up to a higher standard. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, not allowed to be priests and stuff. Okay. So you would sign up to go, and then we, like, got on a bus and went just, like, a couple hours away to a retreat center that was owned by a Catholic organization, I think. But there were, like – like, actually, when I was there, there was, like, a small yoga tree also going on. I remember it was kind of weird. So some things about Kairos. Mm-hmm. I know currently like you're not allowed to have any cell phones or any kind of technology. Mm-hmm. Cell phones weren't even much of a thing when I was, they were like, I didn't have a cell phone at that age. A couple people. And it wouldn't have had data on it. Yeah. But the other thing is you were not allowed to look at a clock or have a watch. What? The clocks were covered because we're not on Kronos. We're on Kairos. We're on God's time. Oh my God. It was facilitated by one theology teacher who did every single one. She was also my homeroom teacher. I, I actually think she was great, and I still have good feelings about her. And then it was a rotation of other teachers who were the facilitators. There was usually one or two other teachers or staff members. So they could, like, I assume they just, like, uh, I don't know if they wanted to be there or if they were forced to be there. I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> so it could be kind of anyone else from the school. All women. I don't know if they ever had men. That's a good question. It was all women because I went to an all-girls school. And then there were, like, five girls who were, like, leaders who'd been on Kairos before and were helping to facilitate, like, peer co-facilitators. Mm-hmm. It was something like the first day this teacher was like, okay, if this much time – she, like, held up her hands. Like, if this much time is about the passing period at school, which was, like, five mm-hmm. minutes, then – like, this is what this much time. So if I say this much time and she'd open her hands or if I say this much time, like, that'll give you an idea of how much time till we get back together. And then they would just kind of – so it would be like, okay, we have this much time, whatever. Like, okay, that looks like about 10 minutes. And then we're getting back together for this. It sounds like teaching, like, preschoolers. Yeah, kind of. But we're back. Of short and, we're, and long time. <laughs> and so, like, we're not allowed to look at a clock. And I remember – I don't know. what. So I went twice because I went once as a – participant and once as a leader I don't remember which time one time somebody was like it was really like okay we're gonna do this guys like we're not gonna know the time and somebody was tempted and there was another retreat there and they're like hey do you know what time it is and the woman told her what time it was and everyone started screaming it was like no we don't want to know what time it is and this woman looked like she felt awful like she just because when someone asks you the time that's a normal question and then everybody started screaming like no I don't want to know the time and I felt bad for that lady Everyone was into it. People were into it. There's a lot of buy-in. At ours, we got to bring food, and there was, like, a ton of food. So, And it was all, like, junk food. So that was kind of fun. Like, you got to have a big table of junk food. The structure is basically this. There are these peer leaders. We stayed in rooms of two in these little rooms that kind of look like a room that a nun would live in, honestly. Like a dorm? Yeah, basically. Very small. There were prayers throughout. We did yoga at one point, I think. Oh. There was, And there was a mass at the end. But... Overall, the structure was that there would be a theme. Each leader was would give a talk on a particular topic. Mm-hmm. 
And then we would all like sit in this big room and listen to the talk. And then we would journal about our own thoughts about this topic. Mm -hmm. And then we would break into breakout groups that was facilitated by one of these peer leaders Mm -hmm. to like talk about whatever came up. So I could not figure out what all five of the talks were. Uh, Even Googling. I couldn't remember. I asked my friends. My group chat for my friends from Catholic school who I still talk to every day. I know one was love in action. That was the last one because that's the one I did. That was like on the last day. There's one that was God. There was one that was forgiveness. And then I do not remember the other two. It could have been family. It could have been friendship. It could have been something more specifically Mm -hmm. religious. I don't remember. So you had to give one. So I gave a talk because I came back. You could, you were like, some people were asked to come back as leaders and they could say, you could choose yes or no. When I was chosen as a leader, I like wrote, I was assigned a subject. I like wrote a piece about it. I was, I workshopped that with the teacher who was in charge. And then, and that is when she said that like, you can't talk about if you're gay or if you had an abortion. Right. Which I think was someone else's rule, not hers. Mm. Because I remember she did say, like, I'm happy to talk with you about those things. Mm. But, like, you're not allowed to share that as part of your talk, which uh, okay. which my brother specifically told me that a lot that he knew several guys who came out during their Kairos talk. So that was not a rule at every school or at the sure. boys school next door. So that all happens. There's a couple other big things. There's a couple big reveals. So okay. one is that on maybe the last night, the leader has a stack of letters that she walks in with. Like you're all sitting there not knowing what to expect. And she reads out loud a letter from each person's parent. Ooh. That's supposed to be like how much they love them and how they're like proud of them. Okay. So she reads that out loud for everyone. To the whole group. To the whole group. And the whole group like is looking at that girl to like see if she's going to cry. Basically. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Then... I remember this being very sweet, actually, although I feel like it could be triggering for some people. There's like, I believe it was right after that. I don't know. We did some kind of meditation with our eyes closed or something. And then like our teachers, I think this was a specifically us thing. Our teacher or the facilitator would like take each of us and like gently like be like, okay, such and such. It's time to go back to your room now and would like walk you to your room like you were a little kid. Like, Yeah. And then you were given or greeted with somehow you were given a giant envelope of letters from people in your life. Oh, how? They were secretly solicited. So I feel like this is the part everyone kind of knew about because there was a box in which you could drop Kairos letters to people. Okay. So I feel like it was kind of an open secret. Like, I can't remember if I knew about it before I went. You could only write someone Kairos letters once you've been on Kairos at high school, at the school. Because you didn't get it. Right. So you're not supposed to know about it. But once you know about it, it's like exciting because you're like, oh, now when my friends are going on Kairos, I can like write them a letter and I'll drop it in this box and I know it will get to them. But that's also a lot of pressure because like there's this idea that you're supposed to put like all your deepest feelings about your friend into this letter. So it's read out loud or no, this one is just quietly is just read to themselves, but it's still like a lot of pressure to be like, okay, now is my chance to say everything important to my friend Everything that I've always wanted to say. Or then you like kind of know girls in class and you're like, Oh, should I, should I write them a letter? (laughs) Like just, it's a weird thing. The other thing, the other big Uh thing I would say, the big like surprise is that when it's all done and you're like having a lot of feelings, yeah, you all get back on your bus and you're ready to go back to school. 
Sure. And so we got to school. And then there was something where, like, we were all kind of standing in the hallway. And they're like, okay, you're all going to hold hands. Or I don't know if it was our choice to hold hands and go into the cafeteria now. And, like, there will be something, our final thing. Uh Uh-huh. And you open the doors and you go into the cafeteria. You're, like, all holding hands, one giant line of girls holding hands. And our families were all, like, sitting there. Okay. In the cafeteria, like, cheering for us. You did it. And then we each came up and had to say, like, what at a microphone, like, what we learned at Kairos in front of, like, everybody. And then our Kairos leaders, one by one, like, present us with a special necklace. That is our Kairos necklace. And it was this... Other people had crosses, I think, but our school had this little clay piece. It was actually really kind of, it kind of looked like a puka shell. So it was like very on trend. Um, And it had a little, the, I feel like I just had it and I lost it. It's the, it's the cross thing, but it looks like a letter P. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. I don't know what, yeah. The Paschal cross or something. So that was on there and we had a different color. Every year they would have a different color. So you could tell like what year somebody went on Kairos, what year they were a senior. Do you still have yours? I had it for a very long time and I wore it for like probably a year maybe after. Wow. Into college, but I do not have it anymore. It was a very lovely coral color and I was very happy with the color. So your peer leader presents that to you. And so I like presented those to my... When you led your... Yes, when I was a leader. Oh. So that is most of what happens at Kairos, I guess, like logistically I don't know do you have thoughts (laughs) I love how much like secret planning that people have to do like gotta get these letters from the parents that anyone finding out I gotta like invite them to the cafeteria like this there's a lot of secrets when they get home and it's like yeah it's a lot of secret planning yeah which I think is really funny a lot of surprises it's interesting because the vibe for me, for like my all-girls school was very touchy-feely. Like, I don't mean that in like a weird way, but like in a like warm, we care about each other's feelings kind of way. Yeah. I have heard from boys, from guys who went to boys' schools, that it is much more like the military or something of like keeping them up all night to like break them down, which is oh. also something I've heard about like Christian camps is like they don't give kids any downtime. They'll like keep them up super late and then wake them up super early. So they because like, it, cry? Yeah. Yeah. Because it like makes you emotionally break down and like you when you're exhausted and overwhelmed and you just feel like, oh, that's Jesus I'm feeling like rather than like you're just exhausted, you know? Wow. Yeah. So I've heard that boys' schools do that. That was, We might have stayed up late. I'm not sure. But, like, Sorry. it didn't take too much to get the girls to cry, frankly. No. So <laughs> <laughs> when you're a teenage girl, you've got pre- plenty to cry about that yeah. you're bottling up. And, you know, our society doesn't really discourage girls from crying. So no. it's kind of right at the surface. It's fine. It's very, yeah, rite of passage uh, it's like second confirmation, but like as a group. Yeah. And we had gone on like smaller retreats throughout, but this was like a really big deal one. I will say at the time and for like, like I said, like a year or two after, I felt like it was a positive experience overall. Mm-hmm. I will tell you the things that I liked about it. Yes. As a like 17 year old or whatever, it was actually pretty groundbreaking for me because I don't feel like there were very specifically like clicks in the way of like, jocks and like I don't Mm -hmm. know but you know you kind of had your group of friends and I was like a very anxious kid and there was this thing where you just end up having these very 
intimate conversations with girls who like maybe you have known this whole time probably mm-hmm. but suddenly you're just having these these like very intimate conversations about things going on in your life sure and it hadn't occurred to me that other people were like struggling yeah <laughs> It's hard to think outside of yourself as a teenager. Yeah. And you're just like, well, everyone else seems fine. I'm like the weirdo, or at least that was my mentality. So like kind of experiencing that. Mm-hmm. And I have this particular memory of this girl who had been in my homeroom all four years. And I, she seemed very confident. And I don't know, I was a little intimidated by her. And I did, I wasn't like friendly with her at all. And there was like something I said, and she put her arm around me. I just remember being so touched. And Mm -hmm. I think she was like, oh, Annie. And she also called me Annie, which people didn't normally call me. It was just this lovely moment where I was like, oh, I can connect to people outside of my small circle. And it was like a guard being put down. Yeah. Yeah. There was much more of a sense of belonging. Another big moment, I remember. It was maybe the second day. And we went to eat. And there was just like a little cafeteria. And they had the buffet or whatever. And I got my food and initially went to do what I always would do is find my friends there, you know. Mm-hmm. In each of the Kairoses I went, I had at least one of my very close friends there with me. And I like, went to do that to like go sit with the people I know the most. And I just remember having this moment in my head being like, oh, I don't, I don't think I need to do that. I think I could sit with anyone. And then this group of girls mm. was like, Anne, come sit over here. And they were not people I would normally have talked to. So or like on some barriers. Yeah. Not that I'd like people who I think, again, I was like, I was a, easily, I'm easily intimidated. I was like intimidated by normally mm-hmm. or like, oh, they don't want to hang out with me. And they were like, oh, come sit here. And I just had this feeling like, oh, yeah, I could sit. I could sit and talk with anyone right now. Mm-hmm. And certainly when I got back, when I got back from Kairos, there was something that felt shifted in me for a couple days. Mm. I felt like very, very like loving of humanity. Oh. Yes. Well, that's like just really happy and loving humanity. And it lasted like, it was like a glow that lasted like a couple days. Do you think it was the, like what contributed to that? The talks, the. I don't know. I don't know. I remember saying that to people like, I don't understand what exactly has happened and why this feels this way. Hmm. I mean, retreats are. People go on them all the time for that feeling. Like, I think you're right. I think that's why people go on yoga retreats. I think yeah. that's why people do all kind those kinds of things. Um, spiritual bath. Yeah. And I guess when I've been in like intensive situations like that, it's not been exactly the same, but any other, any situation where you're kind of like put with a group of people for, you know, people you wouldn't normally be spending 24 hours with, like in kind of this pressure cooker. Mm-hmm interesting things do come up. You like, do you end up talking to people about things you might normally not talk to them about? So I think part of it was just that. I have thoughts about things that I now, and maybe then realized were problematic. (laughs) Do you have thoughts before I say anything, just based on what I've explained? I mean, not yet. It all sounds, I can, I can, I guess I would have thought that a lot of this happened. If you had to like have me guess what happened on Kairos. I think I would have expected more adults talking at you. So I'm surprised that's not part of it. There was. And actually, now that you say that, so I think there is one talk that one of the adults does. It's like whoever the, I think, again, I'm having trouble remembering, but I think it's like the, whoever the other teacher is who's on this particular Kairos. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember if they do give a talk. I think possibly. Oh, what I didn't tell you. <laughs> There's one other thing, which is but each in addition to giving your talk, you have to choose a song to play before and after the talk. Yes. And then at the time, 
Was it was you? very exciting that we didn't have cassettes because somebody knew how to burn CDs. This was yes. brand new technology. So I did not know how to do that. But somebody at the end, you get a CD that has all the songs <gasps> plus the song True Colors because everyone, Always. each one used that. I forget what they use that for. On one of the days, they play the song True Colors while you're like journaling. It's one of the best songs ever. There was so much Indigo Girls. Like, I cannot stress to you the level, the amount of Indigo Girls. Dude. Okay. All right. I love it. I love it. Wait, what songs did you pick? Do you remember? I chose Landslide. Nice. Fleetwood Mac or Smashing Pumpkins? It was Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. I was like Smashing Pumpkins, which now I'm like Billy Corgan. He's kind of a Trumper or something. Yeah. I think. I knew people who literally stalked him in high school. Side note, some of the girls from my school. Because he lived in northern Chicago. They would go through his garbage. I'm not even joking. I know girls who went through his garbage. I mean, that's wild. I also know someone who was hit on him by um, in Chicago. In Anyway. I went to a f- opening night of a musical, Sweet Charity, and he was there in oh. Chicago. And I was like, this He's is around. Cute. This is weird. Um, You're too cool to be at a musical. I don't know. know. Um, He's kind of a Trump. Maybe not too cool. Okay. I think he kind of came out as Trumpy and then was like, oh, this is... Back it up. People don't like this. And so he's just quiet. Back off. (laughs) Jeez Louise. Uh, Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I'm surprised there weren't more like adults. What you're saying so far, it's like, well, this is a nice sort of senior year because most of you have probably been going to school together since kindergarten almost, right? Uh, well, the school is 500. So we had like, we had matriculated from many, many schools. So we've been together for four years. Yeah. I'm saying it's like a way of saying goodbye. Like that sounds nice. I think it also was a last ditch effort to get us like Catholic-y before we leave for college. As Catholic-y as possible. Yeah. Because there's mass and there's like prayers. Yeah. And God talk. So here are my thoughts. One is- I was writing these notes for myself and I just wrote like, where are the therapists? Like, (laughs) we are like, hello, please unbox your trauma here. And there is no one there equipped to deal with a people's trauma. Mm -hmm. When you ask a child about shit going on at home, now as an adult, I am like, there were certainly girls who had actual really like there were pr- people who were being physically abused. There were people who were dealing with sexual mm-hmm. abuse. They're right. Like there yeah. were people who like parents like you actually don't have very much agency yet at no. in high school. You're still stuck with your parents. Right. Regardless of the situation. It feels very. What is that? Early 2000s, 90s when you were doing this? Yeah. Uh, 2002 to three. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I can see, like, I don't think anyone had, and I still go, I've gone to things where I'm like, we're doing like camp with kids and like people ask them to say stuff about their lives. I'm just like, whoa, you're not trained for this. Um, It happens so much. I am curious if the level of trauma informed has changed at all. Some of the stuff I just saw on Reddit and stuff, like my guess is not so much, but Mm. maybe... I do think the Catholic church and other churches in general have this thing of like, you don't need therapy. You have religion kind of a thing, you know? Mm, Yeah. Like they think that is the thing that's going to talking about God is going to be the thing that like will be there. That makes sense. In terms of the thought process. Yeah. Why would you have therapist if you have Jesus? There was a facilitator there who was, um, she didn't work at the school. Mm Mm-hmm. Her sister was in school with me, so it was weird. It was like her – that must have been weird for her if her sister was a facilitator. Yeah. 
she was like an alum of our school and she did these like it was her job to do these or what, sure. one of her jobs I don't think she had like training as a social worker psychologist I don't think so but I could be wrong about that so I will yeah. give you that I actually don't know like I didn't get everybody's resume and credentials right so yeah I'm not totally sure but and we were like I was a peer facilitator like what was I gonna do if I was in a room and somebody was like my parent is abusing me like I didn't have the tools for that no a couple other things I think oh the parent letters like again you there was just this assumption that your parent loves you and you should be listening to this letter (laughs) right and you should be crying and thinking about how much you love your parent and how you feel like an asshole that you're mean to them sometimes. Like that was the, at least that was the vibe I got. When you see you said parent letters, I'm like, so everyone had parents then. Okay. That's the thing. Yeah. There were, there were girls, you know, who lived with grandparents or who had other kinds of situations. Yeah. So just having that, like that is, feels very weird and manipulative and having to like perform in front of everybody. Like, oh, I guess I should act touched by this. There was also a night where it was like, I remember hearing a lot of hubbub about it and it was like, oh, this is going to be very meaningful. And it was the talk about forgiveness and it was in a different room and there was like candles lit or something. And we're supposed to either journal about apologizing or forgiving someone. I Maybe we're supposed to write a letter. Anyway, I just remember feeling like I don't know what to say. I guess I'm a bad kid. I should probably apologize like to my mom or something, but I couldn't think of anything specific that I should apologize Mm -hmm. for. Just getting very angry at myself. I would yet to go to therapy until like, I don't know, eight years after this. Right. And like, there was so much trauma. Like the points where I was getting frustrated with myself was like, there was shit I needed to talk to somebody about. As a kid, you're not able to be like, well, I needed this thing in this way and I didn't get this at this age. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't have, you're just like, well, I must be messed up. This must be my fault. I feel this way, you know? And I think, yeah, there's just this like assumption. I think we can do this in the arts too. Like when we're working with young people, like you said, like when oh it's God. like, oh, talk about a story about your childhood or, you know, like we're, there's just not yeah. just an assumption that it's not going to bring up difficult things or that people have the tools to think about their life in that way. And we don't, that's why we go therapy. Yeah. Yeah, so I just feel like there were parts that were just not very trauma-informed. Right. I also wonder now, I mean, the thing that I really had to share, or the thing I did share, I remember, in my small groups was, like, a lot about my dad dying when I was a kid, which people didn't know about, and people were very uh, supportive of, you know? Mm -hmm. But that's not, like, controversial. There's no shame in that piece you know no. I'm like what if someone yeah was being abused or what if someone had had an abortion or what if someone was gay and you told not to talk about it so yeah that helps. exactly which they didn't tell the whole group that they just told the leaders that oh but I like know now there definitely were queer girls I'm also wondering about like the very small number of girls of color mm. and how comfortable they would have felt among the, all these white girls and there were microaggressions happening everywhere at this school there were zero teachers of color at this school mm-hmm. there were lots of ways in which people might have been very uncomfortable oh yeah but it sort of was rewarded to like do a lot of I feel like there was a pressure there's a social pressure to like to cry to do a lot of disclosing God, it reminds me so much of theater school <laughs> it yes it there there was it felt like that right, like if you're not really breaking down you're not doing it right yeah. Yeah. So like, I think, I think there were things that were valuable to me in the experience. I also feel like 
there's a much more trauma-informed way to do that. There's also a way where absolutely you it wouldn't have to be a Catholic thing. Like I, I think that something like this could exist without having to try to tie it to religion. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Just I mean I've I've been on like one yoga retreat. Um, I had to leave early because we had, a, had an emergency. But like hmm. that's I mean the point of all of these. I don't think there's therapists at any of them, and the point is to have catharsis I think that's the big thing and if no one's having it they failed so they have to like force it in some capacity yeah yeah and we were children I mean I think that's the other thing like, that's it's the other when thing. you're doing this as an adult and you signed up for I it I mean we still have a larger societal issue of like you have to have insurance to get therapy and therapy mm-hmm. is still expensive and you only have it's even then it's very limited and right but like right. at least as an adult you kind of have a little more agency mm-hmm we had no agency. I mean, we could go to our like school counselor afterwards, I guess. And I think people probably did, but that there wasn't much of an infrastructure there either. And I think like just kind of cracking people open like that without really like having a place for the complicated pieces to go. Mm-hmm. I think the school and the, the teacher who led it, I think they really did a nice job of like what Catholics do, which is like, let's take this thing. This is the structure. And now we're going to take this and we're going to like personalize it as, mu- as much as possible and make it something that works, that really serves our students. And I think mm-hmm. they did that as much as they could. I imagine there like wasn't a budget to have therapists, but there should have been. If you're going to do this. Yeah, exactly. There's also something called a fourth day, which is that they would have like little get togethers throughout the year that you could show up and like say a prayer and like talk about your life. Like, do a little mini Kairos. Follow up. <laughs> yes. My favorite story from one of these. I, this is a girl I didn't know very well. I think we, we did theater together. You could get up and like talk on the mic. And she told a story that I still think about, which is that she went on the our like theater department's New York trip, which I didn't go on for some reason. I think because I last time I'd gone on a theater trip, all the people in my room smoked weed. Uh, you're like too nervous. I was really terrified about getting in trouble. So yeah. I didn't go. And she said that they were walking down the street to New York and Cindy Lauper was across the street or like <gasps> down the street. And somebody shouted like, Oh my God, it's Cindy Lauper. And then somebody yelled true colors or like saying it or something. And then this girl was like, Oh, that's our Cairo song. And then Cindy Lauper saw this giant group of girls and heard someone say, that's our Cairo song and said, what's Kairos? Like she was like close enough to have this conversation. And so this girl explained like, oh, it's this thing where we go and we like talk about our feelings and like you really get to know other people and like feel, I don't know, she explained it somehow. And then Cindy Lauper was like, well, I'm so happy to hear that because that's what that song's really meant for. It's really meant for you to to be who you're supposed, who you want to be in the world. And I'm so glad you're using that song for that. So anyway, Cindy Lauper knows, learned at some point that Macaulay uses her song and she's happy about it. Wow. So Cindy Lauper signs off on Kairos to some degree. I love that Cindy Lauper is all, I mean, I wonder how much they told her it was about the Catholic Church when they were Maybe, maybe not, but she probably just saw this gaggle of girls and they were like, oh my God, we love True Colors and it meant a lot to us. And she was like, that's, I'm really happy for you. Good for Cindy. I love her. It was probably a gaggle of girls and like a couple gay guys because I think maybe the boys from the the theater boys from the other boys schools the boys schools were invited. So it's her kind of people. Yeah, yeah. So that's Kairos, and there, like I said, there's not much on the internet except like, is it a cult? And then there's Catholic schools being like, it's not a cult, it's not a brainwashing, and that's that's about all you find. (laughs) I wonder if everyone does do it the same or if it's very 
make it up. I would love to hear from people. That's what people. That's what this made me think of. Please, please reach out. Comment. You can comment on our Instagram. You can DM us. Tell us what was your Kairos like. Was it like yeah. this? Was it different? I did hear. I remember asking my cousin if she went on Kairos, and she was like, "Oh yeah, but it's co-ed Kairos, so it's gonna be different than yours." And I was like, "Oh." She was like, "It wasn't that good," and I was like, "Interesting." Co-ed Kairos is not as good. Interesting. That's what she. I think I. I didn't dig deeper, but I do remember her saying that hmm. she went to a co-ed school. You're the only person I know that went on Kairos. I feel like people. I have met people who went on Kairos. I'm gonna have to ask more, but I don't know. We want to hear from you. If you went on Kairos, tell Please. us. Please. And what happened? If you can talk about it. If you need anonymity, that's fine. Yeah, you can DM us if you want anonymity and we'll uh, we'll share anonymously. Well, they have a Kairos update episode. Yes, for sure. I want to know. There were other things that happened for sure. There were like activities, you know, but I just mm-hmm. don't remember. Yeah, that's Kairos. Thank you for sharing. I feel... <laughs> Like I've been let in on a, a very big secret. On a secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do not play this episode. I should have had a disclaimer. If you have a kid who's going to go to Kairos, I guess don't. If you're a kid who went to Kairos, but I don't feel like that's our listenership. It's like Probably high school children. Probably not. You never know. I have a recommendation for Ooh, our listeners. You've had so many good ones lately. And I also have a funny thing I overheard. Okay. okay. I have a recommendation, which is the podcast Heavyweight. Have you ever heard of it? I love Heavyweight. It is so funny. He's amazing. I've loved him since Wiretap. I love Jonathan Goldstein. The premise of the show is like he, I don't even know how to describe it. He helps people deal with like weird. Unresolved. Yeah. Stuff. And he like, and it could be silly. It could be huge. They want to like find someone from their past to say something to them or they have a question for somebody. It's like, are they, or someone in their current life who they just are weird about talking to and he kind of yeah. facilitates these conversations, but it's so funny and self-deprecating and brilliant. He's amazing. So there is an episode. It's a Catholic episode? There's a Catholic episode in which he he ends up calling the Vatican. Oh, I do remember this one. Did you listen to this one? Like it's he's on an the, older one. At the Vatican like call board for forever. He's trying to get some so like a fan, an Irish family was cursed. Is it, yes, so he tries to get to he tries to it's about the Archbishop of Glasgow, he needs they curse this family and he needs to uncurse them. So he tries to call the Pope and so the he calls the Vatican. Line. Yes. But the first person he calls the woman's like, Oh, I don't speak English. Call back. My my sister is on lunch break. She'll be here in ten minutes. And he that's has like lot. an Italian friend translating who's just like, That's the most Italian thing I've ever heard. Like it's just some lady who's like, Call back when my sister's here. That's like the Vatican call line. Anyway, everybody should listen to that one. I will link it. It's uh, really good. It's very funny. Um, the other thing I just need to tell you, Steph, is that I don't remember where I was. I Oh, I know. I was. I think I was at my kid's gymnastics class, and I was just overhearing conversations. And this, I think her grandmother was telling somebody about when her, fa- her husband had COVID uh-huh. and how he had to sleep. She made him sleep in the basement and live in the basement for like a week while she was upstairs. And she referred to it. She was like, it was, it was like a Catholic divorce. <laughs> Which yes. I hadn't heard before and was funny to me. I like that. And sad. Funny and yeah, sad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of just living on different floors from your spouse and that's that's how you're going to live the rest of your life. All right. That's it. That's all we got. Wow. Okay. I love it. I don't have any recommendations myself. So those that's are great. Okay. Heavyweight's Everyone a great one. Heavyweight. It is so funny. All right, Steph. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah. Oh, do you have a collection? Oh, collection. So currently in Chicago... We have Venezuelan refugees in particular being bused here without any 
communication from Texas. Um, We have busloads of refugees showing up. So currently people are sleeping on the floor of police stations. Okay. There's no showers or anything. And even when they, and they can't leave because they might miss the bus that transports them to their next stop, which from what I understand are field houses that are still not well-maintained and there's no food. So it's literally just people, it's just people on Facebook coordinating, bringing people stuff, plus some organizations. But we have no communication about when people are showing up. There are a lot of people organizing. There are like Amazon wish lists. I saw currently the um, Instituto del Progreso Latino, which is in Chicago. If you go to their website, the first thing that pops up is like their Amazon wish list. You can click on the link mm-hmm. and there's a big Amazon wish list of stuff that you can buy that they will get to refugees. There's like a constant need because there's just more and more people coming. Mm. So Chicagoans are stepping up and it's really great to see, but also support is very much needed. So I'm going to, I'm going to um, include that link. Okay, great. Yeah. Please donate to them or help in any way you can. All right, Steph. Well now, now, <laughs> and also with you, Steph. Also with you, Anne. 